Good morning, Whitesbury Road. How are we doing today? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I think like three or four of you guys are excited about the new year. Maybe you still hold on to 2020. Happy New Year. Hey, thank you, Shantan. Uh, I want to invite, speaking of Shantan, I want to invite our scripture readers up here. Sean and Joshua, would you come up here? We're going to start the day off in the Word of God. So Sean, of course, you guys, many of you guys know Sean. Sean works in our Celebrate Recovery Ministry, also is, is one of our uh, lead volunteers for our relief ministry at One Kingdom and has been uh, uh, doing that for a long time, a, a big asset to One Kingdom's relief ministry. And Josh, what happened to your finger, man? I cut it. You, he cut it. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm just happy that you're wearing shoes today. So congrats <laughs> on the shoes. So they're going to read our scripture today. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 7. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments I have given you. Today, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road when you are going to bed, and when you are getting up. Amen. I want to welcome uh, our live stream viewers, of course. What's going on to uh, the fellowship room? My homie's over there. Thank you, Christian, for leading worship this morning. Thank you, Rick, for leading worship in here. Uh, We've always been a singing church, haven't we? And uh, that's one thing I love about White's Ferry Road. Today is a special day, right? It's like new beginnings. New Year's Day is a great day to look back, to kind of take, take inventory of what happened in the past year, but also to look forward. You know, uh, in, in this room, Tommy has, has talked a lot about changes and, and how we're going to uh, uh, New Year's resolutions and whatnot. Who has New Year's resolutions? Anybody make New Year's resolutions? I, I, I know this is the time of year to do so. Um, you know, today, January 1st, uh, is a day that everybody makes some sort of, whether it's diet or, uh, exercise, gym memberships are going through the roof today. So, uh, make sure you get yours hot and ready. Uh, also reading the Bible. It's, you know, today, January 1st, millions of people are going to be reading Genesis chapter one, right? And on February 1st, many of those same people are going to be like, try to get next year. <laughs> we'll get next year. Those genealogies are tough, you know, get just power through, power through. But <clears throat> this is a special day because it's, it's a turning of the page. You know, a, a lot of people will say, you know, most, a lot of people on January 1st, like, well, it's just another day, but it's not just another day. It's a, it's symbolic of change. It's, it's a new beginning. It's a turning of the page. It's time to celebrate what happened in 2022. And it's also to set goals for what's going to happen in 2023. It's just a good day to take inventory of what Jesus is doing in your life. In 2023, I'm excited to tell you that One Kingdom will be celebrating its 60th anniversary. 60 years, yes. Man, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. So we're going to celebrate all year long. And uh, we'll tell you more about that as it comes into One Kingdom Sunday on October 1st of this year. But uh, you don't get... 60 years, you don't get 60 years without the Holy Spirit being in charge. Uh, you know, we want to look back and we want to honor our past while dreaming about the future. And so, you know, a lot of people on January 1st, a lot of people in a new year, they have a word. You know, they have a word like my word for the year is fill in the blank, right? 
Well, one kingdom, our theme, our word, if you will, is legacy. Legacy. Uh, Like I said, we want to honor our past while dreaming for the future. You cannot build a legacy unless you disciple, unless you are led by the Holy Spirit. It's what I believe our leaders, our our past leaders have done. You know, uh, I'll honor, you know, Bill Smith, Alton Howard, Leon Telford. We're in that that first boat, uh, which I I won't tell you the story then. If you want to, you can ask me about that later. Carl Allison was very instrumental in getting um, One Kingdom and World Radio off the ground. But again, you cannot go six decades in a ministry like that unless the Holy Spirit is in charge. Because humans are involved, right? We're going to mess it up eventually. We're going to mess it up. If we do it our way, eventually we're going to mess it up. Uh, but those guys, they, they allowed the Holy Spirit to be in charge. They submitted to him. And then, but the second thing they did was they also discipled. They discipled future generations. Um, they didn't hold on to it so tight you know, we're still talking about this. We're here today. All those men that I mentioned, those four men that I mentioned are, are, are home now, right? But we're still here going strong 60 years later. And uh, that's because they didn't make it about themselves. They made it about Jesus and the gospel. So I want to I talk about legacy today. You know, legacy is not a word that you'll find in the Bible. Most translations don't have legacy in the Bible. Uh, believe me, I looked. Um, but... From Genesis to Revelation, legacy is a theme. Legacy is a theme. It's, what, it's something that Jesus talks about. It's something that we talk about in Genesis. It's going all the way to Revelation. Generation to generation to generation. Let me just read a few verses. Psalm 78, 4. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. Psalm 145, 4. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. Deuteronomy 6, Five through seven, Joshua just read this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk to them. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Second Timothy 2, 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. You see... Legacy is a major theme in God's word. He wants generation after generation after generation to know who he is, to submit to his authority until every knee bows and every tongue confesses the name of the Lord. That's legacy. So I want to take a look at uh, one of my favorite legacies in the Bible, which is a legacy, uh, a legacy of faith from Abraham. So. Speaking of Genesis, when we turn to Genesis chapter 17, and I want to read verses 1 through 8 here. I have to, uh, speaking of another year turning over, I'm going, I've got my readers, okay? I'm on the other side of 40 now. It's happened. So I'm going it. I'll try to, uh, you know, I'm going to do my best Randy Kirby impression. Which Randy, Randy reads it like that. I see Randy. Randy reads it here, right? But then he looks at you like this and talks to you like this. And that could mean anything. Like this, this could be like, you know, he's listening or if he gives you like the head, if he turns his head a little bit. You don't want the, you don't want this with the head turn. And I'm going to go ahead and read. I just messed myself up. I can't see Randy. 
All right, Genesis chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Verse 3, Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you and I will be their God. The first thing we got to understand about legacy. It's not your legacy. You know, I think too many times we, when we think of the word legacy, it's like what we have established, what we have put together. You know, we think about names, carrying on names. What's the legacy that I'm going to leave behind? What's the legacy that I want to, to leave for myself? How will I be remembered? See, legacy is not about you. A legacy of faith is not about you. It is about God. It's a, it's a, it's a legacy that he has established for you and he invites you to participate into that, right? It's not your legacy, it's God's legacy. See, we confuse it with something that we must create for ourselves. How will we, we, how will we be remembered? You know, I, I, uh, I have two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister. I'm a middle child, but I was the only boy, and my, I didn't have any uh, boy cousins or anything like that, so I was the last Lee in my line, if you will. And so I felt a little pressure when we started trying to have kids. I was like, man, I, I need to, I need another Lee to get, you know, I need to carry it on. So when Isaac was born, Isaac was born, I, I was like, okay, a boy, I got another Lee. And I got Harrison, I got two, now I've added a double down. I was all proud of myself because like, okay, my name, my name will carry on. Right. And that's nice. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Right. But that, who's that about? It's about me. One thing I like about this, this uh, verse here, in verse 5, he says, No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. How many times in Scripture has God changed a person's name? See, he's changed all of our names. He didn't just change Abram's name. He ended up changing Sarah's name to Sarah. He's changed names over and over and over again in Scripture. But he's also changed your name. He's changed your name to forgiven. He's changed your name to redeemed. He's made you new. You're a new creation. See, your name, when you, once you die to Christ, you are now living under the authority, the rule, the reign of Jesus Christ. You have a new name. See, it's not about you. It's not about the legacy that you're trying to lead. You notice all these I and my statements, right? Verse 5 and 6. No longer will you be called Abraham, your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you. Kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant. You see all this? See, God has established a legacy. But he's inviting you into it. He's inviting you into it. Stop trying to create your own legacy. And step into the legacy that God has created for you. You know, Abraham actually... He was promised, back in chapter 15, he was promised 
to be, to be made a great nation, right? Uh, in, in, uh, in chapter 15 of Genesis, then the word of the Lord came to him. This is verse four. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be, be. so shall your offspring be. See, he was promised that, but what did Abram do? His wife, Sarah, actually uh, got nervous. They tried to do it their own way, right? They tried to do it their own way. In chapter 16, Sarah, actually, she says, I'm not going to, she says, the Lord, this is 16 verse 1, or verse 2, I'm sorry. The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. You see what she did there? Perhaps I can build a family through her. See, she didn't believe it. See, God had already promised them a family. God had already promised them generations and generations, heirs that would be countless like the stars. But even then, in their doubt, they said, well, what if, okay, I can't do this. What if we invite somebody else into this and what if we try to do it our way, right? So they try to do it their way. It doesn't work. It does. They have a, they have a child, Ishmael. But it wasn't the design, right? It wasn't what God had promised them. You see, God had promised that his offspring would be numerous at the stars, and Abram actually believed. But when you try to do it your own way, you step out of the legacy of faith that he's, he's building for you. You try to do it your own way, it gets messy. It gets chaotic. But when you are faithful, God will still make that right. You see, in verse 15 of chapter 17, I'm sorry, I'm jumping back and forth in this little section here, but chapter 17, verse 15, God also said to Abram, Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. You will name, you, her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. See, again, I will surely give you a son by her, your own flesh and blood. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. King, kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man of a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? I mean, even still, even in the, like he's, he still believes, but it's like, it's almost comical to him. God's not going to work in the way that you think it's going to work. It's not going to be on your timing. It's not going to be the way that you think it's going to be. And you try to wait. If you try to rush it, you try to go away from his timing. It only gets messy. And then God said, yes, but your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Then look at this. Verse 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. You see, Abraham asked him about it. So what about this other guy? What about this other son that you know, we, we messed up? We made the mistake. We tried to do it our way. But what, what about this? He says in verse 20, and as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers and I will make him into a great nation. You see, when you are faithful, when you are faithful, when you are submitted to the father, when you are stepping into the legacy of faith that he has established for you. He's going to bless you. But not only is he going to bless you, he's going to bless your family. And guess what? He's also going to bless your mistakes. The things that you're most 
embarrassed about or shame, shameful about. He said, I can, I can use that too. Your addiction, your insecurities, your worry, your anxiety, your depression, your divorce, your alcoholism, your porn addiction. All this stuff here, he says, don't worry about that. Guess what I can do? I can take all that and I can write a testimony that glorifies me because I'm the God who takes all things and works for the good for those who love me. Stop trying to write your own legacy and step into the legacy that God has established for you. And he will bless you. It may not look the way you want it to look. But he's going to take even your failures and use them for his glory. Submit to him and good things will happen. One of the most famous chapters in this whole book is Hebrews chapter 11. A lot of people call it, you know, the hall of fame of faithful, of faithful men and women. I'm going to read about Abraham here. Because Abraham's legacy extends to us today, right? But even in, in, in Genesis, you look at Abraham, he, from Abraham to Isaac to Esau and Jacob to Joseph, his faith extended through generations. Even all the way down to Joseph. Joseph was able to change a nation. The nation of Egypt had influence and power, but because a legacy of faith was started four generations prior. But let's look at Abraham's... Uh, Faith resume, if you will. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would, he would later receive as, an, as, an, as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So you don't always have to know the road. You don't always have to have the map. If you'll just trust him, you will receive an inheritance. Verse 9. By faith, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so, from this one man... And he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Are you still living in the city that you left? Are you trying to create a legacy of a place that God pulled you out of? Returning back to old relationships, returning back to old habits. God has created a new city for you. He has prepared a place this whole, like, this whole New Year's Day, turning the page, New Year's resolutions, don't go backwards. God is moving forward. He says, follow me. He didn't say, come stand beside me. We're moving forward. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises 
was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. You see, this is one of my favorite stories. I'm just talked about it's a very famous story. Abraham goes and is told to sacrifice Isaac. But if you, you look at that, I, I love that part where he says, Abraham reasoned that God would raise Isaac from the dead. He went up to that hill knowing he was about to kill his son, his only son, the one that he promised him. But he said, you know what? He promised me that a nation would, be, would rise up through this man. So even if I kill him, I know that God can raise him from the dead. He believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. In Genesis chapter 15, after God makes the promise, verse 6, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. You see, you want to be righteous? It's not what you do. Your belief, your faith, your obedience is what makes you righteous. You look at that first verse, it said, I'm sorry, in Hebrews 11, Abraham obeyed, right? Sometimes one of the hardest things to do in this walk is just to obey. Because typically, obedience hurts. Obedience can be painful. One of the other things that I believe, you know, when I'm looking at One Kingdom and World Radio and this ministry that has lasted for six decades, the only way it has lasted is one, through faithful men, trusting the Holy Spirit to guide them, but two, discipleship. I believe that the, 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 the previous leaders before me of this ministry discipled the next generation at the same time keeping Jesus at the center. It's one of the reasons why I love White's Ferry Road Church, honestly. We have our blemishes. We have our faults and failures. But the leadership of this church has always said we're going to keep the gospel of first importance. And it's not always pretty. But I can get behind that. Okay? Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes you need to be pruned. Turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Y'all got to say that with me. Don't make me do the Randy Kirby on you. Apart from me, you can do If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Bear fruit. 
2023. Even just then, I almost said 2022. It's hard to get used to saying that, right? It's 2023 now, officially. New Year's Day is always a good day to look back, take stock of what, how last year went, and also to look forward. Just kind of a good middle ground. What, what's what's going to be different about this? But when I when I look back, even to a year ago, where was I on January 1st last year? Have I grown any? Am I the same guy? Am I making the same mistakes? And a better question is, did I bear any fruit in 2022? Are your efforts, or is what you're doing... For the kingdom bearing any fruit, or are you just coasting? Does Satan have you right where he wants you? Comfortable. Satan really, he's not trying to throw you into the fire, he's just trying to make you unusable. Right? He wants to put you in a spot where you're basically not effective. And when you're not effective for the kingdom, you're not bearing any fruit. You're not making any disciples. So sometimes it looks like it looks like if everything's going okay, it's like okay, well, I'm you know, you know the question like when how how are you doing? What, what's you know I'm good, I'm fine, I'm great, you know whatever. If we can just be like good, fine, that's that's right where Satan wants us. Man, if if you're going through trials. God's only drawing you closer to him. And I'm not saying you've got to be going through trials to be a good Christian or a disciple. But man, if it's easy right now, has it been easy for too long? Like whenever I look around, I'm like, man, it's been easy for a long time. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not in the fight. You realize we're on mission, right? You realize we have a battle to fight. We have a God to serve. We're not just coasting through life. We're not just waiting, okay? We're not just waiting for him to come back. We are waiting in expectation, but while we're here, we are living life on purpose, on mission. In 2022, did you bear any fruit? Because let me tell you, you read this again, it kind of, it'll shake you up. Verse 2 of chapter 15, I'm in John. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Whoa. Any of y'all been cut off before? That's not a good feeling. I don't want to be cut off from the Father. If I'm looking up and I'm not bearing any fruit, on a long enough timeline, I'm going to get cut off. But what about the ones that um, are bearing fruit. Well, verse three, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. I'm sorry. This is uh, the second half of verse two. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. God wants new fruit. He wants new fruit. Let me ask you this question. Are you resting on fruit that was born three, four, five years ago? You've done some good things in your life. You've lived a legacy of faith. 
But are you kind of looking back at like, yeah, you know, remember what we did, you know, what we got to be a part of five, six, seven years ago. That was really great. God wants new fruit. And new fruit can only come by being pruned, which is a painful process. So we've got to continue to go through pain, hardships, trials, so that we can be mature and complete. Right? James 1, 2 through 4. Right? Embrace that pain. Embrace the pruning. God wants new fruit. We have to reach the next generation for Jesus. In order to build a long-lasting legacy, in order to continue in this legacy, we have to reach the next generation. But guess what? The next generation ain't coming for old fruit. It's stale. It's rotten. It's old. It's lost its taste. The next generation are not going to be coming here for old fruit. We've got to be producing new fruit. We have to be telling people about Jesus. Like the verse that Joshua read, we have to be, when we wake up, when we go to bed, it's the way we live our lives. You guys been to the movies lately? I, we haven't been to the movies in forever. I, I remember like going to the movies was like a, was a thing, you know, d- you know, date nights, dinner and a movie, right? Um, we were driving around with the boys the other night. They thought like, are we going to go see a movie? I was like, well, if we were going to go see a movie, what would you want to see? I don't know. I don't, I don't know of any movies that are out that I want to see. It used to be like, I would get the paper out. You guys remember this? Okay. Remember, I'm, I'm, this is, or, or movie phone, you know, like I, I would get the paper out and look at the, the times, you know, the movie times. I see where, you know, what, what was playing where. Um, and they'd have the, the movie posters kind of in that section. It was in the entertainment section, right? You remember this? Some of you? That's kind of a thing of the past, right? Everything's gone to streaming. When a new movie comes out, it's like it just it's you can just pay 20 bucks in your in your house. It's cheaper than doing the whole thing and popcorn and sodas and all that kind of stuff. You can just do it right there. Going to the movies is eventually going to be a thing of the past. Right. And it's only going to take I was thinking about this. My, my sons are probably going to grow up not going to the movies. We've been to the movies, but it'll that's not going to be one of their key memories is going to the movies like it was for me. It only takes one generation. Judges 2.10. After that, whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. Another generation grew up who neither, who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. It only takes one generation, guys. If we continue resting on our old fruit, the next generation will not, will not come. Sometimes... Being pruned is simply just doing something different, something that's out of your comfort zone. You know those phrases like, well, this is just the way we've always done it. How many of you guys have settled into that? Well, this is the way it's always been. This is the way we're always going to do it. This is how it is. Hmm? I was thinking about my uh, son, Harris, and he's got his watch on today. What's up, boy? I always wear my watch on the left wrist. Because I'm right-handed, right? That's the way you do it. If you're right-handed, if you're left-handed, you wear it on your... He wants to wear his... He's right-handed, but he wears it on his right... And I was going to be like, hey, son, it goes on your left hand. And he's like, why? Well, that's just the way we've always done it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to wear it on my right wrist. Oh, okay. But it goes on your left. (laughs) 
Like it's like everything in me was like, oh man, like, no, this feels weird. You're right-handed. It goes on your left. My dude wants to wear it on his right wrist. Who am I to tell him not to do that? Right. But we get into these modes like this is the way it's always been done. This is what we, you know, this is, this is what's comfortable to me. Man, God did not call you to be comfortable. Change hurts sometimes, but embrace it. Embrace that pain. Embrace the pruning process because it's going to look different in the next generations. Legacy is a matter of discipleship. Discipleship means championing and rooting for the next generation. Because culture changes, right? Styles change. I'm not wearing a vest today. I know it's not like Mike and Alan, if you're watching out there, I'm sorry, I didn't wear a vest today. I'm wearing the hood. Styles change, right? Innovation creates new processes, new, new ways of doing things, right? Things change. Culture changes. But what doesn't change? Jesus Christ, right? The gospel doesn't change, right? So we have to be rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ, unwavering in our message of Jesus, while also rooting on a new generation and knowing that they might do it differently than we did and trust that God is raising up new leaders that might take the gospel further than we ever could have dreamed. That's happening right now with one kingdom. Started with three men in a boat. Many of you guys have heard that story. They said, we want to take the gospel to every man in their own language. Man, if they could see it now. Of what God has continued to build now and over 70, 70 different nations around the world. And we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. I'm dreaming of 60 more years until every tongue confesses and every knee bows. It might look different, guys, but embrace that. You know, one of the ways that this is happening is in India. And our friend and Southeast Asia ambassador for One Kingdom, Sanjay Darla. And we just visited him uh, back in October and got to see a little bit about how they're reaching their community. But one of the things that struck us was the legacy of faith that had continued on there. See, Sanjay is a, a son of Asi, who, who uh, One Kingdom and World Radio has been working with for decades. Asi unfortunately passed uh, in 2021. And since then, Sanjay and his family have been carrying on the legacy of faith uh, that God has established, doing it a little differently, but still glorifying the king through all that, what they're doing. So I want you to take a look at this. India is a beautiful country. I love India. I love the food. I love the people. Um, I love the landscape. The people there have such a, a wonderful spirit, uh, especially the people that we work with. Um, One Kingdom first got involved with India through Asi Dharma. Asi has been a pillar of his community of Nalore. 
uh, for decades and decades. Primary role was he started pastoring over a, a small church uh, in Nalore, but it spread out, growing into the surrounding villages. And one of the things that he did really, really well was to disciple the surrounding area's leaders. Um, on Christmas Day of 2021, Aussie passed away. And it was a great loss for their community. But the work didn't miss a beat because Aussie, for years, had been building a legacy. In October of 2022, a team from One Kingdom traveled to Nalore, India. And for the first time for several of us, we get to meet in person Aussie's family and the leaders from some of the surrounding communities and villages that he had shepherded. So Sanjay is the son of Aussie Darla, who served as South Asian ambassador for One Kingdom. When Aussie passed away in late 2021, Sanjay took over that role. It's very obvious when you meet Sanjay that Aussie had discipled his children to be able to step into his ministry when he was gone. Sanjay is a dynamic human being. First of all, you can't help but just love being around him. When I was a boy of uh, 12 years, when my dad introduced to American missionaries as a translator for women and children. So from then onwards, uh, my dad made me involved in all the works he did for Jesus. When Aussie was a world radio speaker, I think he had scheduled a couple different times uh, during the year to do this. What Sanjay did is he took what his father had been doing and then expanded it in his own way, adapting it to our generation's uh, means of receiving information. And so not only is he on the radio, he schedules himself to be on television, on social media, and the way he has it all planned out, he is on air in people's ears and in front of people virtually every day of the year. It's happening right now in India. The country's 1.3 billion people are required to stay at home for 21 days. And just over a week in, reports of harsh police crackdowns, homeless people being left stranded, and a surge in positive coronavirus cases illustrate the difficulties the country faces in enforcing a nationwide lockdown. With such a dense population, how does India plan to curb the spread of COVID-19? The pandemic was, a, was especially difficult for India. COVID in 2020 particularly really, really affected this nation. At one point when Aussie got COVID and he was very sick, he had to go to the hospital. Sanjay was having to take care of him. He was going back and forth to the hospital. From my childhood, I have seen my father as the hero of my life. That's the first time I have seen him on the bed helpless. So I could not eat, I could not sleep for 20 days. I devoted myself for his service in the hospital. My immunity was gone and I was severely affected by Corona. At that point of time, uh, when I was just praying to Jesus, Lord, uh, I have dedicated my life for broadcasting your teachings with all my ability and capacity. So here I am. 
just tell me what what is next when i was praying like that in my vision jesus appeared he he, he stated only one line i'm lifting you up that was one line then all the body was with goosebumps right now when i'm telling this all goosebumps all over my body and uh, within 7 days there was a full recovery and doctors were amazed he had a pride about his faith about being a christian i had been the translator for many christian missionaries from usa germany and canada so whatever theology they they are teaching i was the translator i was learning first i got this wide wisdom and information and my opinion is the best and at the moment he realized his own frailty and his own maybe even mortality that that was completely shattered that ego was shattered and only thing that is inside my heart is jesus jesus was there before corona but uh, ego was co-surviving in my heart with jesus now when jesus said i am lifting you up it was only jesus 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 and he realized that it's not about me i can't do this without jesus being able to sit with sanjay and get to listen to him tell us this was very moving for me because from the first time that i met him uh, and had uh, seen him through zoom calls or anything i was like this guy's just got it all figured out and to hear that he had just not too terribly long ago had this revelation in his life that he needed a savior he needed his dependency on jesus it was just extremely moving it's not about my preaching or my teaching it's all about expression of jesus love jesus peace jesus compassion all right all right praise god praise god true legacy can only be created through discipleship legacy is something that carries on through generations but if you want generational change and if you want to change a nation you have to disciple what i love to see about the darla family that discipleship that biblical teaching that their living that their faith is not what they do it's who they are they are sons and daughters of the king they know who they are um, and that shows in the way they treat people and the way they love in the way uh that they serve and uh there's no better example of legacy in my mind than what's happening in India right now and that's kingdom living My favorite quote from that video is when Sandra says Jesus Jesus Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Man, <clears throat> have you been making it about yourself? You see even Sanjay what he what he spoke about in that video was You know, even before corona, he said, you know, if you if you you heard that he's like there was Jesus, but there was a lot of me too. Right? 
And what we're all trying to do is more of him, less of me. More of him, less of me. Are you here trying to create your own legacy or are you ready to partake in the divine legacy that God has established for you? Will 2023 be a year in which you bear fruit? Next week, Mike and Alan are going to roll out a new series in First and Second Peter. So I want to jump over to Second Peter and read uh, from chapter 1. So Second Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. See, we get to participate with him. Verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in Increasing measure, they will keep you from being, this is what we talked about earlier, ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Were you ineffective and unproductive in 2022? When you look back, are you bearing fruit? You can step into the legacy of faith today. See, one of the cool things about God's legacy is that it can change like that. You can participate whenever you're ready. I got the, the uh, you know, it's not just about children. A lot of legacy and generational change comes through your children. But sometimes it's just one person surrendering that changes a generation. My um, My father and my mother, they were... Living in Florida at the time, not really surrendered to Jesus. And in 1977, a man knocked on their door and invited them to a Bible study. He was just going door to door. Old school, right? And my dad was like, okay, sure. I was just like, I, I don't know. I'm like, someone knocks on my door. And I'm like, ah, you know, again, culture changes, right? That was back when we used to leave our doors unlocked. But they invited him to a Bible study, and from there, my father and my mother turned their life over to Christ. I never got to meet this man. I don't know who he is. But he was instrumental because of his obedience. Changed my parents' lives, changed my life forever, changed my son's lives forever, and so on and so forth. Generational change because somebody was obedient. Right? You can step into that legacy of faith today. You can turn the page. Now is the time. So what if it's cliche that it's January 1st? Turn it over. Step into the legacy of faith that he has established for you, and God will bless you and your generations to come. We're going to have some people down here ready for our family time. If you have a need, you can come down, receive prayer, receive encouragement. Today's the day to confess. Today's the day to get rid of that burden you're carrying. In the fellowship center, we're going to have men and women at the front. Y'all come down. Receive prayer. 
For you live stream, we're going to have an elder coming up right here that's going to receive your requests. You don't have to do this by yourself. Step into the legacy of faith and join your forever family. And let's do something about it. Love you guys.